This is our fourth episode talking all about the new technology in trucking, especially when it comes to autonomous vehicles. But what's the story behind what's powering the ability to use these trucks on highways without sacrificing safety? Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Burnley, covering how your favorite things and people make it from point A to B. And a key aspect to getting more autonomous vehicles on the road to help with supply chain challenges is a technology called LiDAR, which I've known about for a while because of the possibilities and discoveries made while using LiDAR in archaeology. Sort of a little side, I don't want to say side hustle, but it's a uh, a side hobby that I've been incredibly passionate about for years. So I was really pumped to see LiDAR starting to be used in trucking. Locomation COO Glenn Spangenberg was kind enough to join me while live at the Manifest Conference and gave us a breakdown of how LiDAR systems are being used on their autonomous truck, which the company says can dramatically increase capacity, improve asset utilization, and lower costs for the supply chain overall. It's a really fascinating sort of conversation that happens live at Manifest, but I'm also going to link in the show notes some additional videos of how you can check out the technology in action because at the show, it was really fascinating to see how the LiDAR cameras on the side view mirrors are picking up objects and people walking by and how it all tracks within the system itself. It's pretty fascinating. So I've got all of those linked in the show notes, as well as our other interviews with other autonomous vehicle makers such as Gaddick, um, EV maker Edison Motors, and I've also got that conversation that we had at Manifest on the panel with Kodiak Robotics, with Plus.ai, and then also Embark Trucks. So I've got those all linked in the show notes in case you want to check those out after you listen to this one. To another episode of Cyberly Hits the Road. We are still live here at Manifest the Future of Logistics, and I am joined by Glenn of Locomation. Not locomotion, locomation, because your spell check will deceive you. All right, Glenn, give us a little bit of background about you and how you got started in, in autonomous vehicles. You bet. I grew up in the trucking industry. I actually earned the Truck Transport Merit Badge as a Boy Scout back in 1973. Fell in love with the industry and have always been on the tech side of it, making markets. So, really highly advanced technologies at, in their time. So this includes like the ComCheck and the ComCheck card and ComData and payroll systems and that sort of thing. Fast forwards into pay at the pump, fast forwards into email to and from the cab of the truck, fast forwards into tracking technologies at Qualcomm and so forth. And ended up in the whole scheme of things, looking at and understanding the future of the truck itself. Uh, so that's really kind of how I, the genesis of where I got started in looking at autonomy, and there's more to that story as well. Sure. Go, go ahead and expand on that, because yeah. I, I feel like that, that's a good, you know, sort of starting off point of, because obviously we have one of your trucks here on, on the show floor. A beautiful um, one. So, so tell us a little bit about this truck and, and, and how you guys... How it came together. Yeah, how yeah. it came together. You bet. So the, it, and it, I'm using these fast forwards because the evolution of technology and trucking is sort of like that. It all doesn't hit the showroom floor at the same time. There's these progressions. Uh, in 2012, I was in the future truck committee uh, at the truck, uh, the TMC, and people were saying, hey, we're going to have driver out, autonomous trucks, and that sort of thing. And I said, I, stop, hard stop. It's not going to happen like that. Number one, we need all the drivers we can keep in the industry, and we don't want to scare them away talking about that level of autonomy. And number two, the tech actually won't be here when you think it will be. And I was challenged at that point to you know, come up with a better solution. And my better solution was look into the future of that world, the autonomous truck world, 
identify technology that we could actually pull forward to what I called today. That turned out to be 2013 then, when I came back and said, well, for example, we're going to need this level of camera technology. You could actually use that today to eliminate blind spots around the truck, and that's where I conceptualized in 2013 the first mirrorless truck wow. and, and put that out there. Fast forward, got an opportunity to have some conversations with Peloton, had some concerns about you know the follower driver for a number of different reasons. The market already fully understands that anyway. But when I heard about sort of this fusion between the capabilities of the technology, so I was enamored by the mirrorless truck, but I was really more enamored by that future that was going to be able to use that, uh, but also find a way to marry the driver, the professional truck driver, into the story. That turned out to be Locomation. So we, I had an investor friend uh, who introduced me to Locomation's investor, and then it turned into let's see if we can make a market. And we absolutely have done a fantastic job of making the market. And by the way, many thanks to Freightways for your help in, in doing that. Well, we appreciate it. I mean, obviously, the, the, they're the leader, I guess, as far as like media coverage within the space. And so uh, always looking to, to find you know more insights and more information. And you talk about sort of the, the evolution of the technology. And one of those things is this mirror right here. Can you break down of what exactly this is? Because it looks very expensive. <laughs> it is. It's, it's expensive, but it's affordable. Uh, and it is quite fascinating. The type of visibility you need for an autonomous truck really fits quite well with the way the mirrors work today. The mirrors are designed to get out far enough to where you can see, not too far, so just enough. Uh, so it turned out really to be the perfect place to begin mounting the, the sensor pods. If you look around, you can see as well that there are others in the industry doing level four technology saying, wait a minute. Why aren't we putting our sensors in the mirror pod like locomation is? Mm. Uh, well, they won't really be able to do it like we are because we've got this patented, uh, a number of different patents that are related to this. But the idea was that if you could build in your LiDAR, if you could build in your cameras and have the, the, you know, the greatest field of view, because that's what it's all about, and build in the redundancy, left and right side, that you'd have a big hit in terms of your ability to deploy at scale, really with the right sort of technology at the right time. And really, that's what this MirrorPod does. And so with the MirrorPod, you mentioned LiDAR, and then you also have a graphic, which will play on the screen as well. Uh, but all of this different tracking technology to show what the camera shows and all the different variables, how does the, I mean, it might sound like a dumb question, but how does the, I guess, the system know what it's tracking? Is that a dumb question? That's know. not, that, that's actually, well, what you're asking is, can you tell me about the secret sauce? Oh, sure. Right, so the secret sauce is a very complicated world of robotics and, and, and autonomous vehicles. Our founders actually came out of Carnegie Mellon University's National Robotics and Engineering Center. They are extremely smart people. In fact, Dr. Al Kelly, one of the co-founders of Locomation, wrote the book on robotics, the math and the science and the modeling around, you know, how robots function. And so... A lot of expertise in that market space. I will tell you, one of the things that they discover in the scientific world is the more they learn about autonomous trucks, the more they realize they don't know. And that's why we keep seeing these shifting date frames and, you know, they think we're going to get there by 2016. That didn't happen by 2018. That didn't happen. We're now in 2022. And it's still somewhere out in front of us. It's because it's an extremely complicated world that we live in that when you think you've seen it all, the next hour you're blown away away by what you what, what what you need to know and that's the new thing so where is sort of the the, the implement, implementation plan when it, is it is it the the first mile is it the, the the long haul is it the final mile where where does locomation fit in locomation fits into the middle mile mm -hmm. 
Now, when it really comes right down to it, locomation as a solution fits in from end to end. So when the load is first tendered, that's when we actually get involved. We look at the planning details in the load, determine how we can pair up two loads at one time, because part of our value proposition is we'll double up the amount of freight that the clients we serve get from the shipper marketplace. So we actually look at it from the origination of the load tender all the way through the delivery of the load. For the autonomous vehicle itself, that piece goes into the middle mile. And by looking at it through the lens of freight planning from end to end, we actually have the ability to determine what sorts of autonomy you could actually deploy in various scenarios like the local delivery in addition to the line haul. So is it is it only I say only you know that, that's sort of a you know I guess a euphemism but <laughs> is it just are you using this technology on big semi trucks or are you using it maybe in smaller delivery vehicles or is it really just it, that's the the business model right now or the the semi trucks middle mile bingo bingo just because the simplicity of going from one node on the interstate to another node on the interstate you get to push out a lot of the complexities that come with a local activity uh, or other more complicated scenarios. In our particular case, we've designed 68 what we call an autonomous relay network segment, about 500 miles average length of haul each, designed to get the middle mile to maximum utilization. When you start driving up the middle mile to get the best utilization out of the assets, that's where you really start to make a lot of money. So we're building that today and actually giving our customers the ability to take advantage of that in terms of how much freight they get out of the shipper marketplace. And the shippers are anteing in because our solution, being certified by Boundless, they can, the shipper can now boast that their plan, their five-year plan, includes Wilson Logistics, PGT Trucking, and so forth to drive down the greenhouse gas emissions that they're doing by the deployment of the technology. So it's really kind of end-to-end, -end. how's the network layout, where does the truck go, and then who does what, when, where, why, how, with whom to make sure that truck is ready to haul freight autonomously. Because there's a lot that goes into that, very complex. So, so what goes all in, in I guess, sort of the, the, the too long didn't read or, or too long didn't watch maybe. For <laughs> what, what sort of goes into sort of the route planning? Are, are these trucks actually making deliveries right now? So they're not making deliveries right now because they're all in development. Ours, theirs, everybody's is, right. and then we'll have to all go into this testing phase because we self-certify that it is safe enough to actually go into commercial operation. That's for the AV trucks. Locomation is actually working with the clients now to re-engineer the supply chain for autonomy. Because when the trucks are ready, they, you can't just go, okay, show up and, you know, hey, you're ready to go to work, go to work. It just doesn't work like that. Uh, it, you have to determine who gets the tractor to the trailer. Or how do you get the trailer to the tractor and where's the tractor station so that somebody can get in, do the inspection, start the motor and then leave and then let the truck be the autonomous follower that it is. So a lot of moving parts uh, in the supply chain that starts with, for example, when the load tender comes in, how is it assigned? Can we shift it one day forward, one day backward in order to link it up with another load? Uh, and then you go from there and say, okay, so it, when will the load actually be ready? Who's going to move the trailer there? Because now you've got an autonomous truck in that, uh, in that scenario. Uh, who's going to move the tractor underneath the, you know, the trailer? That's not going to be ready, you know, as soon as we'd like it to be. So that has to be done. You, you mentioned earlier about the relationship um, with, with your drivers. So 
how does it, I, I, I know a lot of drivers are, are fearful about, you know, the, I guess sort of a lot of people, you know, who work in maybe in warehousing and, and a bunch of different roles that the robots are going to take our jobs, even in marketing, uh, they are worried about robots taking our job too. So how do you sort of, uh, I guess, pitch that, the evolution of the driver role? Absolutely. So our tagline is human guided autonomy. So that is who we are, locomotion, human guided autonomy. And the reason why we use that as a tagline is because the driver is essential in the movement of freight in the foreseeable future. They'll have a role. Meet and greet the customer, do the pre-trip inspection, and then that story goes on and on. But then they get to the point on the interstate where they go, now's when I wish I could put it in automatic and and then, you know. So that's part of the storyline that the machine is yours, not vice versa. Mm -hmm. The other part of it is you get more miles because while the truck is rolling, you're back in the sleeper berth off duty, not driving. So you're preserving your hours. You know that the average utilization of the hours of service, 11 hour drive time, 10 and a half hours when you bake in the 30 minute rest break, this mandatory. But right now the average is seven to seven and a half hours per day of utilization. The rest of the time, everything sits idle, truck and the driver. So if you just simply were to increase the amount of time that you have available to drive, so that's really the first storyline that we tell to the driver. You're essential to having this machine perform to that level. This machine is not capable necessarily of performing to that level today. You know, we need the driver in the mix of that conversation. And the other part is they, they, they'll own it, so they're going to get comfortable with it, just like they do today when they shouldn't. Maybe they sneak away from the steering wheel while it's in you know, cruise control and they grab that cup of coffee sure. that they forgot or whatever. Uh, so we know from human nature that they will get comfortable. We have. That's how we got into cars. That's how we got onto motorcycles. That's how we got onto horses, frankly, too. Was, oh, I'm scared. You know, what if it kicks me? All right. You got to deal with all of those. We just think that that's a natural evolution that comes alongside the technology availability, provided that the technology availability brings the economic value that is attractive enough for me to say, I'm going to take that risk because if that really does work like that, it's game on. It sounds like an incredible sort of, I guess, in addition to, or a benefit to becoming a truck driver then, because you're, you're able to embrace the tech, you're able to, you know, get more back of the time that you really want and spend more time making money and spend less time, you know, sort of dealing, I guess, with the BS that, that goes on with the rest of the industry. That's exactly right. You know, we, we get the, the question constantly, you know, well, what if the drivers revolt? Uh, you know, what if they just don't want to do that? Well, the truth of the matter is, probably half of the driver population is going to immediately say, here's the Heisman, you're not coming this way. The other half will be some skeptical but willing, some that are willing but still maybe things have to be resolved, and some who are saying, count me in. Hmm. And so pick me to do your test. Pick me to do your, you know, your first deployment. Pick me to be, and those drivers exist. And if you were to say, well, it's only 10% of the population of drivers, that's still a, you know, depending on the market you're looking at, 50 to 150,000 drivers who literally are saying that they're ready right now to And I feel like it's such a great recruiting aspect, too, for a lot of these different carriers to say, like, we have these kind of trucks come work for us. And then that's almost a, it, it helps solve that retention and the recruiting issue that has plagued the industry for as far back as we can remember. Absolutely. One of the clients we serve is PGT Trucking. And Greg Troyan is using this in conversations with the whole driver community in general, but obviously his drivers as well, to say, we're taking ownership of the deployment of autonomous technology in a way that makes you extremely valuable. And our particular view is that as we look at a professional truck driver and then we look at a professional autonomous truck operator, you've got two different skill sets and therefore we think that the 
autonomous vehicle operator is going to be more of a skilled driver set, mm -hmm. whereas you know the Department of Labor can't get past claiming that a truck driver is an unskilled driver, which I just grates my teeth every time I, I say that, but it's the fact. But the truth is, is that this level of operators become a, a, a more high value driver, uh, more valued in terms of not just their skill, but their ability actually to help lift the implementation to a point where it's truly successful. And so you have the you have the patented technology, you have the lidar, you have all of that, the, all of the tech side of things, and then you also are involving the drivers as far as their evolution of their roles and their their duties and their expectations. What does the, the near future look like for for, for locomation? What, what are you guys working on for the maybe for the rest of this year? Absolutely. So for the remainder of this year, we're focused on really kind of two swim lanes. One is the autonomous relay network and what it takes to actually implement that day in and day out at a carrier. Those are the systems, the tools, the APIs, the integration that make the systems work correctly so that it's planning these loads for two load convoys. The other part is the development and testing of the actual AV trucks uh, and their ability to pass certain gate checks of feature capabilities. So we have these feature set releases. Within the, each feature set release, we've said we're going to accomplish these things. And then the next feature set release... And we, it's a product roadmap. It's a product. product vehicle. Exactly <laughs> right. So it's phase one of the, well, I wouldn't say that, but it's the, the feature set, you know, that we'll be in. It's going to be multiple and plural throughout this year, but that's, that's what we're working on. These trucks won't hit the road commercially uh, in, the, in the really near future, but the fact of the matter is, is if you do what we're thinking we're going to do, and that's the autonomous follower, we believe that we're going to get to market sooner rather than later, much faster than any of the fully driver out solo autonomous trucks will be there. They've got a lot that they've got to prove. We've got less to prove because we've got a human driver leading the convoy and an autonomous follower who's hauling freight for money. And so the economics are there. The value is there. Now it's just the technology being proven over time, and that's what we're focused on this so, year. So who actually approves the, 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 the platform and the program and, and all the different initiatives that, that you're – is it the government? Is it some kind of regulating nope. body? No, nope, it's not. So we have to comply with the regulatory bodies and the legislative uh, – uh, the laws of the land, and by the way, that's at a state level right now, not at a federal level. So it actually makes it easier for us because we know what states we're going to deploy in soon, which states we're going to deploy in later, so we actually don't have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. But within the construct of the way the federal government looks at this, their guidance, AB 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, which would, by the way was authored by Finch Fulton, leading a group from the U.S. DOT. Finch is our Vice President of Regulatory and Strategy. And uh, so he's got real good, clear insight into sort of how to navigate, you know, some of these, uh, you know, treacherous waters. The political waters that you have to, Absolutely. You know, to unfortunately play to. It, it is what it is. Uh, so, you know, having that focus and having, you know, the, 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 the foresight to be able to see those things, it also adds a bit of work that needs to be done, you know, so... Uh, Key focus. And I'm, you got a lot on your plate. A lot on the plate, but it's going to be worth it, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, yeah. Glenn, where, where can folks follow more of your work and, and, and Locomation? Yeah, locomation.ai. And I realize, I, I don't know if you're going to be editing this. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> So, but anyway, to answer the question about who's making these decisions, it's actually locomation. So when it comes time to say, we're ready at this level and this level and this level, it is a self-certification of the manufacturer. Oh, okay. 
So is there any kind of, I guess, danger with being, or, or I guess the perception of being the person who says, okay, well now we're going to approve this technology. Right. But uh, it sounds like you guys are obviously taking the, the, the proper steps and involving the drivers, but I imagine that that's probably going to be an opinion of others to maybe say like, oh, well you can't you know, be the person who approves and also, how, how do you, I guess, navigate those waters? Yeah, you bet. So the federal government actually is sort of, you know, catching up with every step that's made. So as a as a company like Locomation makes a claim that we've just signed 1,120 units with Wilson Logistics or 1,000 units with PGT, the USDOT perks up and says, can we talk to you, Locomation? How ready are you really? So then we go and we lay it out. It's not like they're trying to put a stop to anything, but they're trying to figure out, are they still ahead sure. of the game in terms of saying, okay, I believe you when you say you're ready to go because you actually went through these gate checks. And there's a lot of you know, ways that that's double-checked and verified and blind certified and that sort of thing. So a lot of good checks and balances around, are you really ready? You know, I know you say you are, but did you check this, this, and this? Sure. So all of that takes place, but really it comes down to each one of these autonomous vehicle uh, providers setting out their case, proving that they met the case, uh, and then of course you still have public opinion that weighs in and government opinion that still weighs in based on public opinions, And but that's going to be the process, sure. and, and that's how we uh, believe that we need to go to it's make the market. I feel like for, for a lot of the regulating bodies, for, for the public as well, and then continuing that process of, of, of letting people know that, hey, these things are safe, and letting the drivers know that, hey, these things aren't going to take Exactly time. right, yeah. And at some point, we'll be able to say, and look at the accident rate of a machine compared with the accident rate of a human. The machine can see all around it all the time. Concurrently, it sees if it's got a bullet coming in this way and a car flying in this way, concurrently, uh, and can track each one and, you know, uh, react appropriately. The human doesn't really do that. So our job ultimately is a society to reduce the amount of traffic fatalities that we have involving heavy-duty trucks. That is the fault of the heavy-duty trucks, right? You can't help if a yeah. four-wheeler nails the truck. True. But uh, but otherwise, our job is to really make it safer and less deaths on, on the nation's highways, and we're all pulling for that. So if we can prove we can do that, you know, at some point we've got to be able to look at it through a sober lens and say, we're really there. It's a step function reduction in deaths. It's not zero. It'd, it'd be great if it were zero, but let's just be real. But it's half of what it was in this, you know, in this group. And it's double what it is in this group because you've got humans in the loop of it. You know, at some point we're going to get to a point where we say everyone has to shift because it's, wor you know, the cost benefit the is worth it. Bingo. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, where, where can folks connect more with you? I know you mentioned the website, locomation.ai. Uh, what about you personally? Where can folks follow more of your work and updates for the yeah, industry? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Glenn at locomation.ai, and Glenn is with the Y, G-L-Y-N-N. Uh, and I'll also say this, that uh, on my own personal website at Spangler Partners, we have locomation listed there. Uh, and if it's easy to remember, just say, my mirrorless truck story. <laughs> .com. I know it's a lot, but it, hopefully it's going to yeah. stick in the mind. But if you want to you find a way to reach me, mymirrorlesstruckstory.com, and you'll be able to punch through to, to Locomation or read some other stuff uh, out there. And, of course, I'm on LinkedIn, too. Absolutely. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. It's great being interviewed by y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. 
If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.